0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Frequency podcast. I'm your host, Shalane Carter, and this podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wealth, quantum physics, and spirituality. I help bring you practical tools to be able to understand and utilize the subtle energy realms to work for you to create the most abundant life i have been everything from a single mom living off food stamps being a makeup artist and feeling so lost to building a six-figure business attracting the love of my life traveling the world and feeling incredibly aligned with my purpose here on earth with my background in healing and being on the road to getting my phd in integrative medicine myself along with many other incredible guests are going to share with you how to actually change your habits and shift your frequency so you can begin to live the life that you know you were meant to. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Let's do this. Welcome back my friends to the Be The Frequency podcast where we are really trying to become the frequency, really tune into the frequency that it is that you desire and actually attract the life in which you want. And one of the ways that you do that is to really become more aware. So I wanted to talk a little bit in this episode. I recently was watching a talk given at the University of Cambridge um, about specifically, and I, I found this very interesting because if you did not know this about me this past year, I took on another business endeavor and started a retreat, retreat business uh, with one of my dear friends, an incredible, incredible yoga teacher. She's one of my teachers, but she's always been one of the best resources that I've ever had for a lot of yoga knowledge. She really lives the lifestyle, so to speak, in a very modern way and has been such a teacher for me. Mackenzie's been incredible. We decided to partner up together because our end goal is the same and we approach things differently, which I think is very valuable in a partnership so we created this retreat company so as i'm watching this um this talk that's given at cambridge for those of you who i mean you don't have to physically raise your hand but raise your hand if you feel personally victimized by meditation you're like this shit is hard i can't do it my mind wanders it often is called like the monkey mind and you're like boy if that isn't the truest thing ever for me right like it's hard and i i'm on this stint right now i've meditated or intentionally been i've been exploring so the first about i'm on this journey to a thousand consistent days of meditation um and i'm about i think i'm just under 600 right now i'm at like 588 or 590 something like that and i've been at it took me to about 400 uh 400 days to of sitting silent meditation. So I would sit for at least five minutes was my commitment. Some days I would have two sits, one would be short like that, one would be longer, 30 minutes to an hour. Um, And then some days were only just five minutes, but it was more about the commitment to continually practice this, um, to develop this practice, I should say. So the The speech that she was giving in the talk that she was giving um, at Cambridge was really about the effects that meditation has on the brain and I wanted to kind of speak a little bit about this because there's I'm really finding that I take this stance on health and wellness from a space of ancient ancient uh, practices with modern technology modern awareness and really how the two meet. And this, this talk for me was one of those things. And what, what ancient and Eastern medicine has always known is that there is something about having some type of dedicated practice to yourself. So um, I often don't say that I don't think getting your nails done, I don't think getting your hair done, those aren't, as much as a lot of people want to categorize that as self-care, I don't actually feel like that's self-care. I always look at self-care as something that brings you back to yourself. That is self-care, um, and really tuning into yourself. So, in in uh, Sanskrit, um, this is called svadhyaya, and it really means to to self-study. And I, and often the the self-study, I think, is kind of uh, interpreted as kind of looking at habits and behaviors, and looking at the workings of your mind, which you can often do in meditation, but something that i found that i didn't realize i was doing and um is is the practice of japa which is in sanskrit which means um to to chant um to basically uh this devotion to chanting or sound and and um and and that being said it often again gets kind of thrown into if you're familiar with kundalini yoga or um, bhakti yoga where there's a lot of chanting, different things like that, um, that 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 is kind of your, that's that repetitive sound. Now I really view this japa as um, more of the, I, I almost feel like these two kind of blend together for me. So the self study and the sound sounds can also be words. So I've actually found that my practice, I, would, I started reading um, ancient texts. Um, I started reading like the Vedas and, and different like yogic philosophy texts, um, the sutras, different things like that if you're familiar with any of those. I really started reading those um, a couple of years ago, probably about four years ago and I would kind of do it intermittently and it kind of became this practice of this like these sounds and these different Um, words being said over and over and over and it it really allowed me to to then slip into this svadhyaya this this self-study and so the the practice to often what people are looking for when they go to a physical yoga class it's called asana asana is the physical practice of yoga but there are actually eight different paths or eight limbs to this you know, nirvana is really what people are seeking. Enlightenment, totality, this this oneness. And you get a glimmer of it often at the end of a yoga class. And so when people touch that, when people graze up against that, they really want more of that. They're like, that felt very good. And it feels both connected to everything, but also connected to self. And that's really what this sense of enlightenment is, this feeling or this awareness of enlightenment. And truly to quote unquote, be enlightened, I think feels very Far fetched for a lot of people, but you can really brush up against it quite often in the day to day experience. And so I recognize that during my experience of this continually coming back to these sacred texts, um, continually coming back, that that practice of self study and that way of self study for me really allowed my mind. Uh, when I am telling you, this is kind of when I really started noticing. Um, what is now called like downloads or, or like hits of inspiration or um, really this, like, aha, this is meant for me. I experienced most of those during that time. So when I get away from practices of reading like that, I do notice I feel a little unmotivated, if you will, or a little disconnected. And so this professor at Cambridge, I, I preface that because I, I started in doing a very simple practice in the morning of five minutes of meditation. And about one to two pages of this whatever text I was reading, right, Um, the Bhagavita, the Upanishads, the Vedas, the Sutras, those are all ancient yogic philosophy texts Um, and very different than a lot of European ancient texts. Um, So I I do kind of want to preface that but it was this practice that, again, it was, I mean, it would take me 20 minutes total. I did start getting up a little bit earlier, especially because I would teach at 6 a.m. and I wanted to have my meditation practice first thing when my brain was still in a theta brainwave state. And that's really important. I'll actually do a, an entire episode on the five different brainwave frequencies and the importance of each and every one of them and kind of explain that to you. But theta is really important because it's a state of creativity, imagination, It's what we often refer to as the dreamlike state, but theta is you're in, you're in delta and theta exclusively until you're about two years old. After that you develop um, quicker brainwave frequencies. So these are a little bit, this is deep sleep and dreamlike. So you're the most impressionable during these times because literally all you're doing, all your brainwave is, is available for is absorption right? Absorbing information, learning. And this is when you think about all the things that you learn between the time that you're born and like two, three years old, you learn a giant amount of information, but also you physically, mentally, emotionally begin to develop, right? A huge, huge jump happens. So I don't feel like, you know, after you hit like between 30 and 32, I don't feel like I physically, emotionally (laughs) or anything mentally developed significantly like you would during that time period. It is very, very important for our development as adults. And she specifically talked about some of the benefits of retreats. And so, as I'm cultivating this practice, that really led me to where I am today. It's part of the reason why I um, dismantled my my lash business and I kind of let all of that fall away. It's why I started out. I was like, okay, I'm personal training and, and doing, um, yo like yoga and things like that, and really transitioned more into the wellness, and I'm now where I'm at now, of really helping not only doing energy healing work, but also teaching people about their subconscious, how to actually change a lot of their habits, and looking into integrative medicine and looking at you as a whole, not just a physical body having symptoms, but looking at your emotional body, your beliefs, and all of these things. So you you do morph and you do change quite a bit. And her study um, was done specifically on how retreats that incorporated yoga the practice of moving meditation. If you did not know that, that that's what you were doing when you were doing all those postures, <laughs> that's actually what that is. It There's a reason. So what happens is when you're, when I'm teaching a class, what I primarily teach is breath awareness through postures. Every inhale has a purpose. Every exhale has a purpose. Um, even when you're in a more yin, restorative class. The guidance is always to come back to your breath. Notice how your breath changes, things like this. This is because you're developing a single point of focus which is your breath despite whatever is going on in your body so it starts to train your mind this this why yoga is great for everybody but if somebody has add adhd has a hard time concentrating and things like that i always recommend some type of yoga practice and you want to go to a class something where you're not just doing it at home because of your behaviors and your natural instinct if you're at home in the environment in which you get distracted often you're going to get distracted often so, you want to take yourself out of that environment and put yourself into an environment where you really can start to create new neural pathways, new connections in the brain. So, she found that they hosted a three month yoga retreat that included meditation and yoga, and it reduced oxidative stress in the body. <coughs> now, why is that important? What happens is oxidative stress creates high levels of inflammation in the body. Now about 95% of all issues that you have in your body is exacerbated by high levels of inflammation, which is oxidative stress. So oxidative stress really is when the cells start, don't behave in wh- the way in which they should, right? This is when inflammation around joints, chronic issues in, in um, I mean, tendons, ligaments, chronic uh, illnesses, things like this really start to happen. Now, what I find really interesting is most people with autoimmune diseases, right, where the immune system is literally misfiring, um, it's often been said said that the immune system is attacking itself, which is is partially true in some things, um, is not only regulated heavily by the amount of stress in your life, but it can diminish if you diminish the root causes of these stress, these stressors, that is causing all of this oxidative stress, which is then exacerbating all of your physical symptoms of this autoimmune disorder. So I'm not saying if you get rid of stress, then autoimmune diseases go away. I'm not saying that per se. I am, however, saying that I have watched and people and read so many studies on people that have these autoimmune disorders or chronic something, whether that be um, they could be chronic diseases, things like this. And if you change the amount of stress in their life, you change the way in which the body expresses itself. Because the body is expressing itself based on your energetic body. You change your energetic body. It changes the signals to which the cells respond to. The cells begin to respond differently. Your body begins to respond differently. So this her her study was specifically on meditation and how it can actually change the brain and so another element or another study that she um, spoke of was if you meditate 30 minutes a day you increase the gray matter in your brain so why is gray matter important so gray matter is actually where the largest number of neurons is present so this is where you can process information and this is also where you kind of what i like to call create these roadways or these pathways these connections so my prime example, um, as I as I enter into uh, Sober October, um, as I like to call it, feel free to participate. Um, you can always uh, just taking a month off of of drinking. I'm not a big drinker, but I recognize if I go if I go somewhere with somebody who is ordering a drink, I'm like, oh, me too. Not because I I'm I've never been somebody to drink because I'm sad. I usually drink to like celebrate, enjoy things like that. But what I do realize is that why do i just need to say yes to say yes right and that what's happened is these neural pathways have connected when somebody else is drinking or when there's something to celebrate i would like to celebrate with a drink well what if i celebrated differently what if i created new neural pathways so this is kind of the experiment that i'm that i'm doing and i'm it may last longer than october i haven't really decided that quite yet but what happens is every behavior that you do creates connections in the brain these neural pathways and so what happens is when you experience something that is similar, these neurons fire. So if often when you feel abandoned, certain neural pathways feel, begin to trigger, you're creating scenarios that may be based on a very, very, very old memory. So say you are you know, 35 years old and somebody ignores your text message, doesn't respect your time, and like blows you off or something like that. And little you that was maybe a year old was crying, 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 crying. Nobody came to pick you up. You felt abandoned. Same feelings, different scenarios. So what's happened though is maybe because you are unaware of this, you're unaware of this neural pathway, this connection, this emotional attachment to when you feel abandoned, when you feel like you don't matter, then what happens? You know, do you self-sabotage? Do you drink? Do you um, call somebody and, and gossip and, and bitch and moan for an hour or so? That doesn't really make it better. Um, do you feel a lot of anger? Do you feel a lot of heat in your heart and maybe your belly? It gives you digestion issues. Um, do you isolate? And that's what I'm talking about. Is, and everybody's going to be a little bit different, but these the gray matter of your brain is where a lot of these connections are held. So, what happens is meditating 30 minutes a day actually starts to rewire your neural pathways. The connections that you make start to change because you think about the same, basically five things or the same five themes over and over and over and over every day. And I can probably tell you what they are, your relationship, right? You think about what's going on in your relationship. You think about your family, Right, their preservation, their health, them moving forward. You think about your career, your purpose, how you're going to make money, right? And then there's usually friendships and health. That is honestly, when you break it, when you get really far down to it, those are kind of the basic life themes that you think about over and over and over again. Now, you may think of them in different capacities but those are the basic ones and if this particular theme you think about over and over and over but you take action on out in the living world right when you're up doing things but when you're meditating when you're meditating that thought comes in and instead of reacting or doing something about that thought you sit you just sit and you observe that i'm having a thought my consciousness and my brain, my thinking, analytical brain, are interacting, and you begin to what is called watch your thoughts. You no longer are reacting, or if you are, you recognize this nothing is really happening, I'm just thinking something, and it's making me feel a certain way. And this is why meditation is important, because it really allows you to observe what's going on in your mind without being in a space of reactivity so not only does it increase the gray matter in your brain right it helps to maintain the frontal cortex which is in charge of memory and analytical thinking so not only are i was like this is so simple for people who have a history of dementia alzheimer's things like that we do all of these other things right but the first thing that we don't seem to think of which is so simple and requires nothing but time it requires nothing but you making the time to sit down consistently and watch your thoughts watch your thoughts and what I find so interesting is that I I love that she had all of this these studies and these research to really back up a lot of these ideas and, and all of the ancient Eastern, like medical or, or ways of living, you know, ways of, of health and well being, we are now, it's now really being supported by a lot of science and we're being able to observe a lot of what people have called phenomenon. Um, there's accounts of, of um, gurus and coming over to America I'm going to say his name and I cannot think of it right off the top of my hand but I believe it was in the early 60s Um, he was brought to America and studied at Harvard I believe Um, and he would literally make growths on his arm appear cancerous growths and within a day could also make them go away and that's the power truly of the mind we think so much of what we experience is happening to us, but it's really our awareness, perception, and reaction to what is happening to us. And when you look at simple things, like the, the reason that retreats are so powerful is that you really come to this space of being immersed in an experience that upholds a, the highest healing for you. It can be complete strangers, but you feel more comfortable because all of these people have chosen to come here, to grow, to breathe, to move. And just like, you know, they're talking about in meditation, all of these people's brains are firing differently than they do on their day to day lives. So you come to this space where you're meditating, you're doing yoga, you're doing these things that really enhance and change your brain and you're doing it together. That's something really powerful that other people here are making this choice as well and it's part of the reason why all of our retreats include not just yoga but meditation because both mackenzie and i have felt the power and seen the changes in our own lives right it's not i I look at a lot of um uh, yoga retreats. And I've looked into a lot of different ones and it's like, you know, yoga in the morning and then free, free to do whatever all day. And it's like, that's really wonderful. But that sounds like a vacation to me, which I don't get me wrong, love vacations, but there's a reason why you feel different on a retreat and you come back and you feel truly rejuvenated. I always joke that, you know, when I go, um, out of town with like my kids and my family, that's a trip. When I go out of town without my kids, it's a vacation. But when I go on a retreat, it's a rejuvenation. Like you feel different because you are different. Literally your brain has started to change. And what happens is you've developed more neural pathways. So that way that becomes the more driven road, so to speak. It becomes more of the highway instead of the dirt road that's traveled every once in a while, right? If you only meditate every once in a while, it do, it's not a highway. It's not fast, efficient, and effective. It's hard, bumpy, and feels a little awkward, right? That's where the monkey mind comes in. The more that you sit, the more that you practice yoga, this moving meditation, the asana practice, the more that you realize that it basically you become, instead of the passenger in the experience, right, where your mind is driving the car, and the, the you feel a little out of control, but you're in the experience, you, you slide over to the driver's seat. And all of a sudden, this this breath, which is the vehicle, starts, you and the vehicle be start, start to become one. And you start to be able to navigate these highways and get on this highway effectively and efficiently, rather than the crazy being this, the side driver and the erratic mind, the monkey mind being the driver and taking you on the back roads you really do become much more clear and focused. So I this is something that if you're really wanting you're like oh my gosh, yeah, I need that. Like I need to feel if I if you always feel like you're you're being controlled by your life or things are always happening to you or that you're frustrated that you can't meditate, you're searching for more peace, you're searching for more calmness, more less reactivity in your life. You're noticing that maybe there's just like a lot going on. A retreat is for you. You need a retreat. Mackenzie and I actually are hosting a one-day retreat in Las Vegas um, for all of our local peeps because we are based in Las Vegas um, at this beautiful, beautiful center um, called White Lotus. They recently relocated, and it is ideal for a retreat. Lots of space. Um, It's breathtaking inside. Phenomenal. We're going to have phenomenal food by Firefly. There's going to be sound healing, meditation, yoga, and we're really focusing on being able to turn back time, that's what the event's called, be able to develop practices that help you feel like time is your ally instead of your enemy, right? That instead of your mind being the person that's in control, your highest self, your true self is the one that's in control in the driver's seat. That's really how you get more time back and we're gonna teach you a lot of these practices um, on this one day retreat it's six hours. So it's kind of all the, the perks of a retreat, you get all the benefits without all the, uh, price tags of travel. Um, and we would love to have you. So I'm going to put the, (coughs) I'm going to put the link below in, um, the show notes, but, but I want to also encourage you if, if that is something that you can't do, you can't get to, I want to encourage you to just start five day, five minutes a day meditation. I love insight timer um if you don't know if you are new to to the meditation world and insight timer is really great Mackenzie actually has guided meditations on there i believe they're all anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes so they're a great place to start her name is mckenzie fly m-a-c-k-e-n-z-i-e fly f-l-y um phenomenal her voice is so so soothing it you're gonna be like zen right away um but there are lots of other teachers, or you can even just set a timer. You can set a timer and kind of just let it go. Um, and just sit there and observe your thoughts. It's one of, um, if you ha- you're you having a hard time at first, I say maybe start with a guided meditation. But really try and aim to work away from that, so that way you can watch the, the quality of your thoughts and be able to change the way in which you react and change these neural pathways that are created in these neurons that are firing together and wiring together. We want to basically dissolve that electrical charge and create new ones, so that way you can change your life. This is how your reality changes, is by changing the electricity, truly your energy behind it. This is truly what being the frequency is about, is you start to change things, so that way your life starts to change and you become the frequency. So let me know if you are up for that that challenge of five minutes a day. If you're doing that five minutes a day challenge, Take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, share it to your Instagram stories, tag me at Shalane Carter. I just, I really love to see people listening and sharing. And this is also a really fun way to connect with people because if you struggle with meditation, somebody else does too. And guarantee you all of my clients have said this to me. So you're not alone. It was hard for me too. It was hard for me to get into the practice and it took me many, many years, probably three years of trying, starting, stopping, stopping starting, stopping, start over and over and over until I committed. Um, and now I'm on, on my journey to almost a thousand days. So it's possible. It's possible, you guys. You can do it. And sometimes it helps to have community to support you. And that's another great way that retreats are helpful is they actually give you this community of like-minded people who don't aren't the same as you but value a lot of the same things. And it's important to surround yourself with people like that and who support your healing and support your growth. And that's a great way to turn from being strangers to friends to family instantly, literally within a day. We've had some some people make some very, very close friends at our retreats, and it's something that we're proud of. Connection is deeply important to us. Um, So come together, share that you're doing this this five-minute meditation challenge. Um, But also, if you're needing a little more than that, that turn-back-time one-day mini-retreat is going to be right up your alley. So I love you all. Please, please, if you enjoyed this, share this with somebody. Tag me if you're doing the five-minute-a-day challenge. And I will see you in the next episode. Cheers.